With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight on another beautiful Sunday of Church of the Corn. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got our man. Uh, joined tonight in studio is my main guy, Fitz. Fitz, how you doing? Good. Are you saying I'm the man then? Is that how you were introduced? Or are you talking about somebody else? No, no. I was. That, that's exactly who I was talking about was you. I'm the important one that's oh anyway no i'm doing i'm doing well yeah doing well another another uh like you said another good sunday the uh that cold spell of about 10 days ago that i think i'm over um hopefully we don't have that again you know i'm not, it's not probable but yeah. you know did you hit the uh did you yeah, hit the you... link today with the nice weather no i i went out yesterday after uh after our morning show it was uh a little bit cold out, but it was still a good day to get out there. I I promised myself I was done after uh after I went on the 
the golf trip the weekend of Purdue. I was done for the year and I got roped into going out one more time. But I am officially done for the year unless I travel somewhere warm to golf. Have you um, in Nebraska, have you golfed every have you ever done a every month of the year you've been able to golf? Have you done that? Uh I've probably come close before. Um it's not something I like to do though. Like I am very much yeah. a fair weather golfer. I mother re- I much rather golf when it's seventy degrees and rainy than fifty five and in windy. Um, yeah. I I can I can handle wind. I cannot handle cold when it's golf and it it hurts your hands. I I swing too hard. I I don't put the ball where I want it anyways. So I rather not be cold and miserable while I'm looking for it. I get that. I'm just a fair weather golfer all around. So, yeah, no, 100. Uh, you know, I have a bachelor party that I need to plan. I think we might go down to Orlando early part of next year. Maybe get some golf in down there. Um, but other than that, nothing really planned. But let's uh, let's get into what we're here for tonight. Obviously, uh, Nebraska men's basketball is playing right now while we're walk- while we're doing this and. They are currently up 16 over Florida State, which is not something I would have predicted at the beginning of the year um, or even two days ago, except for Florida State is also really bad this year. They are one and six, and Nebraska's three and three. So this will be Nebraska's first power five win of the season. Well, I saw it. I saw it earlier, and the Huskers had 13, committed their 13th turnover. And if you, you go by those metrics, you'd think they were down by 27. And um, lo and behold, at the same exact moment in time, Florida State had 14 turnovers. So it's, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't imagine it's a, uh, it's a, it's a highlight reel of uh, quality basketball at times. But it's, uh, you know, Nebraska actually looks pretty, pretty easy to watch in this one so far. It's sixty nine fifty one. Um, nice. They just they they look like a competent basketball team tonight, which okay. they did for a good chunk of the game against St. John's. Uh, but beyond that, they really haven't. Tonight, they look like a competent basketball team. Um, up eighteen right now. So, and then uh, I think the biggest news of the weekend is the article that Nebraska. 24-7 just dropped that Scott Frost is on some radar for several Power 5 jobs as both an assistant and a head coach. Not all Power 5. USF is potentially looking at him as their head coach. But okay. he is on the short list, supposedly, to join Nick Saban at Alabama or <laughs> Arizona State's new head coach, which is interesting to me. Um, it is. It really that is. means... That means if it's going to happen at Alabama, that means my guy Bill O'Brien is on his way out the door, whether that okay, be so, by, via firing or moving on himself. So it's it's interesting, and we're obviously burying the lead on purpose here. And I like what you're what you're doing. Um, you know, you've got some dominoes that have that have started to fall in a couple different different areas. Um, and it's just, you know, it's interesting how one, one move obviously creates the, the next move. A couple, a couple that I wasn't, I wasn't ready, not that it matters, but I, I wasn't ready to hear that, um, Jim Leonard didn't get 
the Wisconsin job, for example, right? Is that the right name? Was it last week that I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it last week I told you that, or two weeks ago? I don't remember, no. but I do remember vividly saying, "Don't be surprised if he's not the guy." Yeah, and it's 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 crazy though because just through through the randomness that is Twitter and different, you know, the interactions and how they weave together, I didn't see much talk from a lot of people thinking that he wouldn't be the guy. You know, as much as there was Nebraska, all these names, Auburn, all these names. And maybe that's just, you know, the interest level at Wisconsin. But I also think it kind of goes to show, you know, and who knows what, what Fickle's contract is, right? They, you know, I don't, it's nothing's confirmed yet, or is it confirmed? Did Wisconsin, Wisconsin send uh, out? Didn't I, saw I think nothing Wisconsin confirmed. Posted. Yeah. I, well, I'm fine. Financially, I didn't see anything confirmed. Okay. Um, rumor is it's going to be around six million. That's what. And if that's all it took, if that's all it takes to get Luke Fickle, you got to wonder. And you know, I I saw some Wisconsin fans. Whether you know, I don't know how credible this person I I was reading was because he seemed to be the only person saying this. Um, <laughs> there's le- there's legit fear that. Uh, amongst at least a, at, at the very least a very small portion of the Wisconsin fan base that after Ryan Day gets his ass kicked by Michigan again yesterday that he's on the hot seat and if he leaves Luke Fickle's their number one target I'm going to start by saying one thing uh, I don't think Luke Fickle is Ohio State's next target not because I don't think he's a good coach. Same reasons I didn't think he was the right guy for Nebraska. Um, I don't think he has the totality of work of rebuilding a Power 5 program. Not that Ohio State needs to be rebuilt, but he's a defensive-minded coach, and I've st- you know, you've looked at me funny a few times as I've said this. I feel like the Big 12, Big 10 is starting to evolve offensively, and we're going to start getting more offensive-minded coaches and more offensive-minded teams, and Luke Fickle doesn't necessarily fit that build. That That's also why I didn't think Jim Leonard was going to be the, the next head guy. But Luke Fickle has the experience. Yeah. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Now, do I think Luke Fickle does his best Urban Meyer or best Lincoln Riley and do everything he can to retain Jim Leonard, like all the other great turnarounds do in terms of holding on to the interim. I certainly hope so. I hope I hope our guy does that for Mickey. Um, but I I did this I did this exercise probably a month and a half ago. I went through every program that fired their coach early on in the season, had an interim, and then had a quick turnaround. So on that list, I have Urban Meyer at Florida, Urban Meyer at Ohio State, <laughs> Lincoln Riley at USC. Those, those are the three big ones that, that I looked at immediately. At Florida, Urban Meyer kept um, the defensive coordinator, Charlie Strong who was also the interim at Ohio state. He kept your boy, Luke fickle and Lincoln Riley kept Dante Williams at USC. 
why do I think that's an important lineage? Because that interim guy is usually made the interim because he has the ear of the players. He has mm-hmm. the pulse of the locker room. And that's the best guy to keep keep everybody together. Why, why is it important to keep that guy on staff so you don't have the mass exodus? That's yeah. my own personal opinion. I, what, I agree. What are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. Those are that's a that's a good way to look at it too. Is that you know we can we can talk about the money, we can talk about recruits in terms of players, we can talk about especially at Nebraska the facilities and on and on and on. And we'll get into um, the names and and what's going on, but keeping Mickey Joseph, in my opinion, is is important. Um, I, I think it's it's could be paramount to more immediate success versus a um, full-on rebuild. And I understand it's a full-on rebuild, but you kind of, you, you follow me on that, that um, the mass ex- exodus, like you said, if, if, if he stays. Now, the other part of it, though, is I want to make sure, and I, I believe you, you, you try to piece together and take out parts of a, of a, of a press conference and not just the points that, you know, make your case type of thing, but I had a feeling over the last couple of weeks, just not the writing on the wall type of thing, but the fact that if it did not go Mickey Joseph's way in terms of getting the head coaching job, I really do feel like he wanted to be here and he wants to be here. Um, you know, we talked about it after yesterday, you know, he said, I came, I came, I've come to Nebraska twice. I came in 1987 and I came, I came now in 2020, 2022, right? 21-22. And, you know, there's a reason he did. He came there. I mean, if things would have been, let's revision his history, but let's say they have a better year. Scott is, Frost is still the head coach even longer. You know, let's say six games, seven games, and it just, maybe the season overall didn't go its way. And there's talk about, you know, relieving him. I don't think... I'm not sure if Mickey Joseph's in the conversation then. I think having that interim tag really put him in the, in the conversation, but the money that he got last year adds, add more to that. Right. I, th- I think add another half million to, to whatever, for one part, add another quarter of a million to something else. And, you know, his, his annual salary is probably North of, you know, 1.75 in totality. And if, if that's where he is and, you know, family and everything like that, I'd say if you get him to stay, that's one of the best things that you can do. Um, so now that, I'm that'll push be back a little bit there. I I don't know that you can afford to pay him 1.75 um, when I mean we're throwing out reportedly eight million at the head guy. Yeah, how big is the assistant pool is gonna is gonna matter, um, but. I want to flip something on you here. This is about the I, in the hour and a half I've spent on my phone or Twitter throughout the entire day. I've seen this, whether it's an article or a tweet or anything, I've seen this scenario pop up probably 10 to 12 times from different sources. Matt Rule is not expi- expected to hire Mickey Joseph as his recruiting coordinator which is a little bit shocking to me. He wasn't, can I, can I interject though? He wasn't the recruiting coordinator with, with Frost though. 
Was he? I didn't no, think he, he was, was the associate head. He was the associate head coach. Okay. Um, but I, the only reason I find that interesting is because that has been the talk of where we would see him fitting in on the next staff yeah. is recruiting coordinator, associate head coach, both of those tied together, which is how you get him to that 1.7 to $2 million salary. Um, but according to Pete Thamel today at 245, Nebraska is expected to hire Evan Cooper on Matt Rule's staff. He was his longtime defensive backs coach and recruiting coordinator, both at Baylor and Temple. Yeah. I found that interesting. And, you know, I, I've been very vocal about this, that I wasn't a huge rule guy when this process started. But as it became more and more likely, I did more research, and I have started to like him more and more. I, I actually think this, personally, I think this is a solid B-plus hire. I don't, I don't know if we were going to be able to get to an A-plus unless mm-hmm. it was Saban. So I, I'm happy with where we're at on this. But here's, here's where I'm starting to get worried a little bit, Fitz. We already have two coaching departures from the Carolina Panthers who are expected to join him here. And one thing that I was very adamant about in our next coach is he has to bring in guys from all over and it can't all be from the same staff. We saw how that worked in the last two regimes and it was not well. Well, what if, what if when you look at, you, you, you know, you dove into rule a little bit more. Let's say we dive into those coaches, and we will. Obviously, we're not going to be the only ones. We're going to get all the information yeah. that we could ever want about them. What if, for me, their experience and what they have done, I believe, overall will surpass the likes of what Frost brought with him, right? We talked about the, you know, but I've... I've yeah, I've Frost staff had I've, a lack of experience. Yeah, but I've gone back and forth on this, though, too, is that, do you want, and I'm, and I, I, I wish I could say exactly who it was. Um, it may have been, I don't, I don't even want to guess, but the idea though, that you have to be, and you, you need to be comfortable with your guys. Right. And this was, this was early on, this was year two in frost run, you know, talking about yes, men, right. People that, you know, and we, there was conversations, you know, does anybody, is there anybody that tells him no? Is there anybody that talks to him about clock management on and on and on? You know, if if these are guys that rule trust, and the reason I, I, I say this is I believe he's going to be the head coach, right? And we know that. That was a stupid way to say that. We Meaning he's not – he's going to coach his coaches, right? Those coordinators are going to coach, and we've talked about this on the radio as well. The coaches are going to coach the, the coordinator. The head coach is going to coach coordinators. Coordinator is going to coach the assistants and on down the line. If he has those guys that he knows that can he that can coach, I feel I feel better. But I understand I completely understand and I'm not I'm not shying away from that from that idea either because again, here it's that mindset of oh here we go again, right? But yeah, how often do you how often do you see it? If if he was, you know, let's just say hypothetically, let's say he was at Baylor, let's say rules at Baylor right now, and some of these guys were with him at Baylor. And they had had this this arc of of winning and and moving up, and it was like you know what boys, it's time to go. 
this whole thing, we've done this. Now let's go to Lincoln and do the same thing. Does that change anything? Or is there some of the, I think some of that fear is, well, it wasn't successful at Carolina. So now he's bringing some of these guys who were assistants in Carolina. That can be, that could be a little worrisome. I'm not, I, I can't defend that one. So I don't know, but I figure if you bring and a guy, I, I gotta, if you bring pot roast I, onto your team in, in Lincoln, I mean, not a bad thing. <laughs> and, and let me back up. Like I, I actually love Evan Cooper. I've, I've been a fan of Evan Cooper, you know, the first couple of times I heard his name while they were at Baylor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of research. I, I love Evan Cooper. I don't know much about either of the guys that are expected to come over from Carolina. One of them's an assistant strength coach with the Panthers right now. What worries me about that? Well, we just hired an assistant offensive line coach from the Bears. Um, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> now, again, everything's different. And I'm not I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on this because I do like the hire. But we, I, you and I have both said all all season while we've been talking about this stuff, what's most important is who can he bring with him. Now, where I'm really interested is, I, I for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm naive. I'm not totally worried about the defensive line and who's going to coach them up. Um, where I'm worried is offensive line and offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, who can you bring in to fix that? Who are are you interested in keeping any of the three names on the staff that we really want potentially for? Are you kind of hard to say yes with the track record Nebraska's had, even though three of those guys are brand new to the staff? So, but what there's I'm really a, getting at a, is here, I was going to say anyone that's really on the staff, at, yeah, now for that in that role the only in uh, court as coordinators no i i don't think i don't think this is the right time to extend bill bush and say okay you're going to be the defense coordinator right because i think to a degree a lot of what he did was he 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 took some away right he he lightened the load let them play a little bit but they in a way there really wasn't anything to lose I just don't know if that if that mm-hmm. model is sustainable. Um, you know, again, we have to trust, you know, who they what what they pick, but and which coaches they want. I just don't know would Apple White maybe be one possibly, but again, we're still I think a lot of his shine was I don't AJ I Allen. don't think you make him a coordinator, but can, no, no, can you no. Keep him on staff. Keep him, yeah. Yeah. See, he's got um, some of the guys, some of the guys that the names that have been mentioned though you know, and rule is the same. He's not a, he's spent a lot of time in different stops coaching different positions. I mean, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a, a, there's a wide scope of his knowledge and understanding that, but I think you also see that with a few of his, with a few of the potential coaches as well. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you've said, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this list uh, real quick. I I'm, I just pulled up the top 25 offensive coordinators for college football in 2022. That includes several head coaches that call their own plays. Okay. Um, Jason Candle at Toledo, number 25. 
Andrew Souter, Kent State, Andy Ludwig, Utah. None of those guys strike my interest. Next two guys no. do. Willie Korn at Coastal Carolina. Garrett Riley at TCU. Both have high-powered offenses. Corn fits with Nebraska, obviously, because of corn. Um, <laughs> Hire him. But I, 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 money. I really love what what they do. Also, Garrett Riley is Lincoln Riley's younger brother. His offense is at SMU, his first two as an offensive coordinator. He was number 16 and 10 in the nation in scoring. I don't know what they're at right now at TCU, but they're up there. Well, and they played so, TCU. Obviously, I watched a lot more just because there was um, there was just the Big Twelve was just ripe with coaching names. First of all, for Huskers, right? So that was one of the yeah. reasons. But then you've got you've got Duggan from from Council Bluffs. If if that coach was responsible for the growth and development of him and how they play. You know, or is how much of that was Sonny Dyke's, you know, uh, imprint on it? Who knows? Well, but uh, the they're both one, is, one there. Yeah, yeah. How about the uh, go back to the Coastal Carolina coach? Because wasn't Willie that Korn. a name, Willie Corn? So who was, the, and that was a head coach that we all like. The head coach. No, no, coach no. He's Carolina, been the right? OC. He's been the OC for a couple of years. No, but who's uh, the head coach? Coastal Car- Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, that's the name we. I'm. What I'm saying is that if if Jamie Chadwell's staying, which who knows, he might he might move on to something. You know, as as things happen, he could he could move up that ladder too. But if if he doesn't or the money is right, you know, Willie Corn, you know, come on down. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't think a coach needs nil, but he he'd write his own ticket with the name. But <laughs> right, I I think I think if. And I know I, I and I'll let you if you want to jump back into your list, but those are it's not so much it's not so much the name, but when you can recognize what Coastal Carolina has done consistently the last couple of years, uh TCU has gone from a defensive stalwart, you know, maybe a couple running backs here and there to what they're doing now. You've got to take notice of, of some of those names. And mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to see that a little bit too. Where would it be? Would you be surprised? Now, does rule name OCDC tomorrow at one thirty in Lincoln? I don't know, but if he doesn't, no. and that goes on, let's say that goes for another week, you could see Willie Corn, you could see TCU's guy, you could see Riley, all those guys getting a bump to keep them because they're going to have to pay up at those schools to keep these guys from going elsewhere. So. That's what that's yep. what's going to be interesting. Who else on that list kind of piques your interest? Okay, well, so from twenty to seventeen, I have no interest because twenty's okay. Mark Whipple, nineteen's Tommy Reese. He's not leaving Notre Dame. Billy no. Napier's a head coach. Paul Christ, I don't like what he does <laughs> offensively, so I don't want him. No, um, no, no, no. I love I love Todd Munkin at Georgia. I don't see him leaving Georgia to come be an OC here. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Liberty. He's going to take the Auburn head coaching job. Jeff Brome at Purdue. I If we could steal somebody from Purdue's staff that that helps orchestrate what they do offensively, I could live with it. Chip Kelly, Jimbo Fisher. I'm not getting either of those. Josh Gaddis at Miami. No, thank you. 
Phil Longo at North Carolina, you could talk me into. Uh, Warren Ruggiero at Wake Forest, getting a little bit warmer. Here's one that I like a lot. Dana Holgerson at Houston. Oh, yeah. Former West Virginia head coach. Yeah. Mullet 2.0. Yeah. Jeff Levy and at Oklahoma. Isn't it- He's not leaving. Now is Dana Holgerson is he, is he the head coach at Houston or just the um, OC? I don't know what he is anymore. That's a good question. That that creates, I mean, that creates some interesting. You have to get uh, he he is team. the head coaching. Okay, so that probably is, that probably isn't happening That's unless out. he just gets flat out fired in the next four days. Yeah. And then everybody else is a head coach on the list except for Bill O'Brien. And I don't see him unless there's something going on with him and Saban. Um, but, I mean, some other names out there. Uh, Joe Brady, who was with Rule mm-hmm. at Carolina for a little bit, and now he is quarterback's coach for the Giants, I believe. Or, no, he's the quarterback coach for the Bills. Bills. I like – I, I... I dove into that last week a little bit. I uh, he's young, he's creative. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think you can. Although, Josh can you Allen's pull him num- away from Josh Allen? That's pretty hard. Well, but Josh Allen's numbers are down a little bit, and I don't think he he was part of the rise of Josh Allen the last couple seasons. Um, so you know, I don't know. Is that that's 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 always the fear, right? Of the you know, a, a one player, you know, a player making your coach. It goes back to Bob Diaco. You know, he had some stud at Notre Dame, which put him into the top three or four of defensive, you know, defenses in a, in a season or two. And it was like, well, you take that guy away, you know, now we, we kind of saw some things. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I do, I do you, like. When you take that, away the guy with the fake girlfriend, it, it, it ruined him. Yeah. You have the uh, you mentioned Cooper because um, he's the is he the is he the cornerbacks coach as well? There was a name mentioned. Is he the recruiter and cornerbacks? Coach? Yes. So he, I believe, um, and I might have the name wrong, but somebody that's been mentioned. It's those three guys. You've got Knighton, Terrence Knighton, which is who is Pot Rose. Um, you've got the strength and conditioning coach uh, Campbell, I believe, and then you've got mm-hmm. Cooper. Cooper was the special teams captain at Georgia. I mean, that's there's that's saying something too. You, my, it goes kind of back to this idea that these guys have experience as as pretty good players, but you know, knowing what goes into special teams, that you know, that's one thing I looked at too today was like, what is what is rules philosophy? What is you know, what does he like to try to do on special teams? Just any any information that you can you can you yeah. can find, but. So I'm a little we, uh, disappointed on three doesn't have like an early names to watch for coordinator positions. Expected those guys to come out with that a little bit faster. So I didn't have to. Well, simple put something yesterday, but I think the the only problem is it's, it really, but it makes sense though. Mike, I, I reacted a little bit to it yesterday. Like, Oh, these are all names that he's worked with before. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's not, you can't, you're not yeah, gonna... and I think everybody's gonna be somebody that he's worked with at some point. In some, yeah. My, I I just don't want everybody to 
Like, I don't want everybody on the Carolina staff to come with him. Because you know who else is on the Carolina yeah. Panthers staff? Joe Daly. Yeah. Yeah, well, sorry. I know. I still, I still have a little animosity towards our boy Joe Daly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> no, that was a name that when I saw that across, I was like, oh, interesting. I, I just don't know. You know, I. Although I actually wouldn't hate Joe Daly as offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, Matt Rule, right? New, new coach, and we didn't, we didn't announce it, right? I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an idea that Matt Rule was named the, uh, the new head coach yesterday morning, but his body of work i think in philosophically right now has pulled me has pulled me in a little bit because you know how often you know we talked about okay what's the identity of a of a mike riley team you know cupcakes and sprinkles what's the identity of a frost team we didn't really know we one week it was this one week it was that it was you know guys moving on and now when you start to see these things like you don't you don't fault the players as much anymore to see like a Casey Rogers putting up numbers and having success at Oregon. They know better than we do, and there's probably a reason that he did. Um, but mm-hmm. when you look at what Rule kind of stands for and what he wants to do, there's I know it got it got floated around a couple different speeches, but I pulled up one and it was from the uh, Nike 2017 Coach of the Year clinics, and so Rule talked about you know, what does he want? Um, but just the idea is their plan to win, you know, do not beat ourselves, win the special teams battle. That's number two. So if, you know, and we saw even just a little bit this year when the emphasis went to special teams, some things are, some things can get better. And I think when we all look at special teams, a lot of that connects to return, right? Kickoff return, punt return, stuff like that. But We've got Bushini coming back. That, that's a big one. So that, that's a positive for special teams already. Win the turnover battle. Nothing brand new. That's not earth shattering. Win the red zone touchdown battle. Win third down and win the rushing battle. And throughout all of this, and you can find multiple occasions where, where Rule talks about, you don't, need, you don't need to be winning. You don't have to win the first quarter, right? It doesn't, that necessarily doesn't matter. But and you don't even need to win the rushing battle in the first quarter, but if you could go in and put up, you know, just like what, what did we used to hear all the time? Three yard run in the first quarter turns into a six yard run in the fourth quarter because you've done something offensive line on and on and on. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the, that's the interesting part right now. Um, are you in the same boat? You know, that, and yeah. I, uh, I, I was listening to, Bishop and and Peterson and and Happer yesterday on sixteen twenty after uh, after they took over for Zach and I, and they were they were talking about a uh, rule and what he's done you know leading up throughout his tenure at both Temple and Baylor, and he does start out early on pass heavy because he wants to be competitive in games and his line isn't built to run. But by year three, by year four, that line is stout and they are heavily leaning run, um, which I thought was interesting to to I, I've, I can't think of anybody building backwards like that. I feel like you always build up to the pass. Uh, look at Illinois this year, building building through the run game. Um, but, you know, Matt Rule wants to be as competitive as possible as early. And I thought that was interesting. Well, 
I think I think what we're going to see is, you know, may not take right away, but I think over the course of the first half of the season, for sure, we're going to see, if not early, we're going to see a diametric change that discipline, right? Discipline on your lines, false starts, penalties, stuff like that, right? Discipline yeah. on kick returns, whether it's lane assignment, you know, your your job, you do this, this is your job, you do that, that's your job, you know, stuff like that. So um, there's a, a, a point out that he uh, their first season at Temple, they didn't kick a field goal. They didn't have a field goal kicker on their team. So they just, they said, we, we went for it. And, and it went on, it was a little bit longer part of it, but he went on to talk about, you don't kick field goals in the red zone. You get into the 20, you, you, you know, so, you know, going forward on fourth a little bit more. I don't know. I, I think, I think there's a way to, and you know, and it goes back. Remember the whole, the idea of no fear of failure, you know, five years ago, that yeah. was the, that was it. Well, there wasn't, we didn't see that, but if rule comes in and he takes this idea of trust me, follow me, if we make the mistake, because it's a call I make, I'll own it. But if he's willing to go for it more often on, on fourth and one, fourth and two, you know, all of a sudden that confidence goes up. Oh, if we can get two yards here, why can't we get, I mean, Wisconsin scored a quarterback sneak from two and a half yards out. Though that's, that's a mindset, right? And so that's what I'm, those are some of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see us have a killer instinct, get a little bit more aggressive. That's things that we've been missing, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm going to talk myself into it no matter what and, and just kind of submerge myself and, and take everything. That's what we do. It. Yeah, and it's, and it's fun, though, and obviously we're not the only ones. But I just, I don't know, this is a, this is a football coach. This isn't. This isn't the NFL example of grabbing the, the, the best coordinator, right? This isn't the college example of grabbing the quarterback's coach that, you know, Coach Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams or something like that, right? Because they're, they're talented anyway, and the overall system that that coach probably put in helps them as well. And now this guy doesn't know. Now, as soon as I started going through that, it, it kind of reminds me of, of what we just got done with, but... I think this is somebody that can run a program and you don't have to, and it's not a build. We know that you're, you're rebuilding, you are bringing it back. And he is a big rule is a big, big brand guy. Well, Huskers are a big brand. I don't care what anybody else says. They are still nationally relevant. And here's, here's my question. Does rule tomorrow during the one thirty press conference, Day one, is he asked about the black shirt? Oh, he'll absolutely be asked. And you know like, what? What do you, actually what do you know about him? Gonna and he's going to know it. What? He's going to oh, steer into it too. Yeah, because he'll talk about the he'll talk about that that culture, right? He'll talk about the brand of the black shirts, and that's what he wants to do. And the fact that he's going to know about it, right? He's not going to have to talk to other guys. I didn't have to, you know. What do you what do you make of of this? Because I I've seen both sides of it. I was a little uh, here we go again type of thing, but I think there's a 
my opinion, and there's a little respect to it. There's a little bit of knowing where you come from. Things where he said he talked on Sports Center game day. He said he already had spoken with with Tom Osborne. What does that What does that do for you? I, I'm fine with it. And here, I I've made this abundantly clear. <laughs> I'm going to make it clear again. I have no problem with our coaches talking to Tio. I have no problem with that. My problem is when we ask them if they've done it or if they're going to do it and what is Tio's take because at the end of the day it doesn't really fucking matter. And yeah. I mean it if Rule wants to go talk to the greatest football coach in Nebraska history on on his own time, absolutely. That that's up to him. It, but it should not be a requirement. It shouldn't be asked by the media it, because it doesn't matter. Tom, we and Tom, love you to death. It's not your program to run anymore. It's not your university to run anymore. Stand off in the distance, support it. End of story. Don't don't talk about booze in the stadium or gambling or any anything like that. Just just go support the program. That's yeah. it. Um, also, apparently, I have to make this pretty clear because a tongue-in-cheek tweet went semi-viral and getting blown up still today. I was joking when I said the first thing we have to do is upgrade the uniforms. 100% joking. Now, would I like to see some upgrades? Absolutely. Do I think that's fucking important to Matt Rule's success? Not really. <laughs> Well, let me let me let me jump in. I uh, that is some good stuff. I uh, the uniform thing cracks me up. Um, and I and yes, chrome chrome helmets would look awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read some of this. This isn't a an audio book, but um, it, it was big this year after when when Frost was was let go, and you had some players talking about it. And I'm going to paraphrase, but I'll read this. It says, you know, we're going, to, we're going to hit in practice. We're going to talk trash in practice. We're going to compete on every part of, of this special team. You cannot say you want to be the toughest, hardworking team in the country and play tag in your drills. On the 10th, 11th, and 12th week of, pra- week of practice, we're going to live. We're going live on our field goal and PHD block teams, right? So we blocked. We would start the year by telling our players that we we're going to lead the country in punt returns and block kicks. We block kicks because we block them in practice and we have live kicking drills. That whole line right there, you can't be that team if you're tagging off in practice. This is from 2017. He's not saying this in response to what Nebraska has been doing the last four years. He's saying this in 2017 where a lot of these teams were going shells, were going seven on seven and just trying to work on playing fast. What did we hear at the start of, you know, Scott Frost's tenure of how fast they were going. They had, he had this dial down to, we're going to sleep like this, and here's their, their, their rhythms, and they got a, this many seconds between the play and on and on and on. I didn't, nothing was, was right. It was just fast. But I don't care if you're, if you're not doing something right and you knock a guy on his ass, it changes the game, right? But if you don't know Everybody when to do that, Everybody has until they get popped in the mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't know. It just and the thing is though, if you if you really break this down, everything that he's saying is football. And I believe 
when you go back to what he talked about, even in Baylor, one of the toughest situations that any coach could walk into at Baylor, Art Bryles, the scandals, everything was going on, 45 guys leaving. So, you know, on and on and on. He still went in and said, you know what? I'm not going to just hand you anything, but you got to play football. Football's tough. You've got to play tough. And all of a sudden, some of those lines at Baylor, even though they're, you know, they weren't running the air raid, but some of those linemen, God, give those to me right now. Give me a couple of those linemen right here, right? Give me a couple of those tech, give me those Texas defensive linemen, you know, take them in a heartbeat. You know, we've, we had some good things, but just not, not overall. Um, Do you know what I, I brought this up on Saturday morning when we were recapping Iowa part like I didn't realize how slow our offensive linemen were but we ran a couple of plays with a pulling lineman and Anthony Grant outran the lineman by about four or five yards no wonder we're not we're not being able to break any of those loose because the lineman can't pull fast enough yeah um so we need we need not like you and I talked about not basketball players that they pounded a bunch of weight onto. Um, we need some shorter guys. I I'm interested to see what Rule does with this. Um, you know, I'm going through his coaching tree here because a few weeks ago somebody somebody made a case for him. Um uh, said he's wildly regarded as a college football defensive genius. I had never heard that term thrown around for him. But I honestly, I didn't even know how tied in with defense he was until I started diving down his resume. Because like everything else, it's what have you done for me lately? So basically mm-hmm. from, from now all the way back to 2007, 15 years, he's been on the offensive side of the ball. But prior to that, from... 1998 to 2007 he had been mainly defense and special teams a couple of times like at western carolina one year he was associate head coach run game coordinator special teams and linebackers coach like anybody who can handle that many duties on one Mm -hmm. team in one season i'm intrigued by yeah Um, that's why i think obviously no go ahead go ahead I was just going to say, I also love that one of his first jobs is at Albright College where I had to go work a summer, that summer I lived in Philly. So I I have a Pennsylvania connection with Matt Rule now that I didn't know I had before. Yeah, there's a a toughness to him, right? There's, you've got that, you've got that kind of Philly mentality a little bit of tough uh, East Coast type of thing. Um, I don't know, I... I, I was bought in, I think, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I really kind of, yeah, there were some bright, shiny toys. But I was thinking about this, too, and this may be the dumbest analogy in the world. But think about, and I know you don't have, but you've got nieces and nephews and things like that. So, And it is getting close to the Christmas season. You give a little kid a toy, and they end up playing with a box a lot longer, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. just that shiny toy gets them for a second, but they go, they go to that box. And I think 
as fans, we were like, oh, people, Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin, all there's some, those are some bright, shiny toys. But I think if, if you, if you look at what it is, Matt Rule is that cardboard box, right? But he's got, I mean, he's got, he's got four sides. He's got a top and a bottom. He, he's stable. He's all these things. And you talked about all the positions for defense. He's coached. He was an NFL offensive line coach for a minute. You know, just he values, he values running. He talked about they, they threw a ball in a game against Memphis and lost, but they threw the ball 55 times. And he's like, that's, that's not me. That's not what he wants to be because, yeah, you can, you can be tough, but you can't be four quarters game tough trying to throw the ball 55 minutes because the moment the other team takes the air out of the ball and we've seen it, what do you fall back on? Can you keep the ball? Can you rush and get the first down when you need it? And they, he said that too. They lost to Army at Temple their first year, second year maybe 28 to 13. And they, re- they figured out, you know what? We've got to go, we've got we to push to get one yard of rush and it's hopefully two. And then later on, we're going to push and say, you know what, we need two yards right now. And hopefully it turns into four. That's just a mindset though. That's, and he, and he expects his coaches to coach that way. He expects the players. Um, I don't know. I'm, He's not going to abandon something. No, no. And I, and I think, and that goes to with his, with his, yes, that is a shot. I just fired at Mark Whipple, by the way. No, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't glossing over it. I knew exactly where you're going, but it's, and this is my point. It's, I don't think Rule's going to be afraid to go to a coach, whether it's on the headset or right there in live game action and say, favorite quote of Husker fans, run the damn ball, right? But he has an idea. He's not going to say, well, you know what? Yeah, you try that. You get back to me and let me know. No, it either works or it doesn't. They see it on film and then they figure out, you know, what it, what's, what's going to happen. Because right. what do you have a, you've got a, trying to think one of the guys that's been mentioned before was his, was his, he has, Oh, one of the defensive guys and they have a defensive run game coordinator. Right. So you've got just things that, that he puts a premium on that maybe other teams, not just Nebraska lose sight of, I think could be, I don't know. Could it, could it, could it be a slow, maybe not that exciting next year, possibly. But what's the most exciting thing that you can have in football that Nebraska hasn't had lately? <laughs> Wins, right? Wins. And it doesn't matter if it's pretty or not. Just what are they going to do? So I don't know. What, uh, what are you expecting from the uh, press conference tomorrow? Because we know, we know 19 people are going to listen to this before the press conference. Man, I'll, I'll be honest. I have, I have no idea what to expect. Um, I know it's going to be a shot of energy for for both me and the fans, you know, I tweeted I out that. Friday yep. morning. He's going to be excited. I, I tweeted out, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit drained. Um, I, I contemplated not even watching the Iowa game. Um, ju- just because I, I've been so drained from, from this whole season and everything else going on outside of what is Nebraska football in my personal life with, with work and wedding planning and all that shit. So um, I, I had seriously contemplated not even watching the game because I didn't want it to ruin the rest of my weekend <laughs> if I found hope, like I did against Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, you know, two, again, two games I picked us to lose, 
and somehow throughout the game, I had so much hope that we were going to win that it still ruined my weekend. Yeah. So I, I just hope, like, like Trev said, don't come out and win the press conference. Come out, be authentic, be genuine, and and that's going to go a long way to reinvigorate the fan base. You know what's interesting about that? We talked about Trev came out and said this next coach they don't have to win the press conference, right? They have to coach football. I will I will say this though, and tell me if I'm off base. Rule to a point has to win that press conference for the players that are there, right? He's got to find a way. Now it's it's no, it's a little I don't bit. Think so. No, I mean I'm just saying. But if he can, if he has a way to ramp up and create this excitement around it, it doesn't hurt him but he's got to have those conversations right but i i think he's I, I i keep using the word but i think he's an authentic guy that you know he's going to just go in and say here's the deal here's what we do here's what we're going to do i'm i'm willing to give you a chance if you want to be here you want to give me a chance and that's that's as simple as that conversation needs to be um you know for some of these guys you know and that'll be you know, the good news is Huskers have more of an offseason than anyone else, so we're going to be pre- more prepared. That's a joke, people. Um, but it's, I don't know, there's there's so much, so much work to be done, and the crazy part of it is it has to be done before December 5th. They have a week when that portal opens. That Black Friday, like, at stores is like nothing like it was 10 years ago. The transfer portal on the 5th, we're already starting to see it. Next Monday, December 5th, that transfer portal is going to be crazy. Absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. So I want to run something by you um, really quick. Okay, first off, I have, a, I have a couple of things I want to rapid fire for you. Any chance Jim Leonard does not stay at Wisconsin as defensive coordinator – because everybody thought he was going to get the job and he feels disrespected. I think there's a greater chance that he doesn't stay at Wisconsin versus Mickey staying at Nebraska. Yes. Versus Mickey not staying or Mickey actually? No, staying? I think Mickey stays. I think there's a better chance Mickey stays versus Jim Leonard stays at Wisconsin. Okay, perfect. Um, who's your early top candidate for offensive and defensive coordinator? If you can pick anybody in the country. I anybody in the country? I the names you see in here, you've got Snow as defensive coordinator. Um the I I wouldn't be I don't think I'd be opposed to a, a Joe Brady. Um, you know, he's Dilusia? All right. Well, it looks like we just lost Fitz. A um, couple of things I wanted to run through is West Side class of 2023 athlete uh, Jalen Lloyd was set to make his announcement uh, yesterday, but he woke up without a voice and was rescheduling his commitment. And 10 hours ago today, he tweeted that he has now received an offer from. Coach Matt Rule, which I found pretty interesting. And 
yeah, Fitz is gone for the night because he doesn't know how to charge his laptop. So that's kind of where I'm going to end it. Uh, We'll probably do something after the uh, press conference later this week, and we'll call call it quits. Thanks for joining us. Oh, dude, I just ended it. I heard that. I heard that. He can cut it out. If you want uh, to talk anymore, it's up actually, to you. I just thought I'd jump. Yeah, no, you're still in. So let's, yeah, we'll just cut it. That was at, we'll say 52 minutes. So, all okay. right, go back into your Joe Brady rant. So I, I don't know. I just think it's, it could be somebody that, you know, because I think the coordinator is going to be a offense or quarterbacks coach as well. Um, so that could be, that could be interesting. Um, I, I think he's got some ideas that, you know, as, as much as we look at this stuff, most of the teams in the NFL are still centered on a power run with, you know, passing, um, mm-hmm. you know, Josh Allen's a, an arm talent. We know that for sure. And he can do some things. So I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to, to, to Joe Brady. Um, I need to, I need to get it in. I need to get into it a little bit more. You did, you did a, you did a really good job. So I'm behind on that. Um, Willie Korn, I think is somebody that. I, I think you know, Willie I Korn's I, my number one. Do they, is his philosophy deep enough in terms of running the ball type of stuff that it's going to fit into what rule wants to do? I mean, they they are much more they they're run heavy spread team. Okay, okay, which is kind of what Baylor now, was too. Now, the interesting thing about Willie Corn is he, him and uh, Jamie Chadwell split play calling. Yeah, so that that's a little interesting to me. Uh, Willie Corn is much more involved with the quarterback aspect of it. But um, one thing I want to do after you How fell about David off, Shaw? Is he fired from Stanford yet? Yeah. They yeah. fired him officially? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> hmm. I, I just don't know enough about David Shaw anymore. Like, if you would have asked me 10 years ago or – Five years ago, yeah. absolutely. Well, here's right. the other name connected um, to him. Those, the offensive guy maybe connected to him was Pep Hamilton, right? Um, yeah. So, and that's a name that I've seen on a, on lists of lists for for rule. Um, now, hold on. Know, defensive coordinator, though. It's here's. Here, let, let's get away from the coordinators. I want to run this by you. I want to see if this sounds fishy to you. There is an Omaha Nate Omaha athlete from Omaha Westside state champion class of 2023 uh, ran a 4440 triple jump 50 foot 6 inches and long jump 255 Hundred yard dash of ten four and a two hundred of twenty one thirty two. These are all on his Twitter. That's the kick. That's the kicker, huh? I'm kidding. No, I'm, ki- no, I'm kidding. It's on. the kicker. They that they article. <laughs> that, that article I sent you from Huskers twenty four seven on Matt Rule that was written a couple months ago. 
it talked about things that they looked for in recruiting and how they're going to go over track times instead of Nike camp times and all that stuff. Yeah. Athlete's name is Jalen Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd was supposed to make a live commitment yesterday, November 26th. Unfortunately, I woke up with no voice today, not feeling well. I'm going to reschedule my commitment. Stay tuned. Then today, 10 hours ago, he tweeted out, very excited to receive an offer to play at the University of Nebraska from Coach Matt Rule. So he's the second, maybe, maybe the third, that's been offered by Matt Rule. Because there was a Correct. kid from uh, a Virginia Tech commit who was offered just a, a three-star athlete, was offered yesterday, right? Last night mm-hmm. or something. Interesting. I I find it interesting that all of a sudden he got and I look, I if you're set to commit and all of a sudden your homeschool hires a new coach and you want to hear that guy out, by all means reschedule your commitment. I'm not I'm not taking shots at this kid. What I am doing is I don't think this kid had Nebraska on his radar because he may not have been on Nebraska's radar or he didn't like what was going on. But now he had a great conversation with Matt Rule and all of a sudden maybe I should hear him out. Is, Do you, is that what okay. you're picking up? I'm picking that up, which, and I don't know if you were if you were steering me in this direction. Does Matt Rule have a conversation with a quarterback who lives in the Gretna area in the next day? Uh, hmm. If he hasn't already, I'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, yeah, but the. But you know what? What do you have to lose, right? What do you have to lose? Why wouldn't you pick up the phone and say, hey, here's the deal. That was them. This is me. I know you're committed, and I completely understand. And if that's something you want to honor, um, but just let you know, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know if that's – I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. Also, um, by the way, was, Oklahoma State had a terrible ending to their season. Do you really want to go down there and get get lit up like that? Because Spencer Spencer Sanders was getting his ass kicked the end of the year. Yeah, physically, not not just on the scoreboard. Yeah, does that you know? And I don't know. I mean, it's it's very interesting to me too because Casey Thompson. I know Dead Air on a podcast. Great stuff. Fits. Um, if Casey Thompson moves on does anything different. Honestly, that room's wide open. Zane could come in and, I mean, he could throw his hat in the ring to start next year. I mean, I'm just, it's not, it's not is off the table right there. Is there a quarterback on that either. roster that is outside of Casey Thompson? Is there a quarterback on the roster that is a number one must keep for you with Matt Rule? Just because it's there's an unknown quantity, Richard Torres. That's it. Just see, I I I think I think it's those bottom three. Actually, I think it I think it is Smothers. I think it is Harburg. I think it is Richard Torres. Um, I think Harburg is probably has the best blend of a little bit of everything in terms of mobility and arm strength. 
Smothers is is the gamer that can get you going right now. It could probably learn Matt Rule's playbook the fastest or his system that he wants to run. But Richard Torres probably has the best potential out of all three. I I don't know. I but I think you got to make each of them a priority because you you don't want to be left without a quarterback at the end of this. You know, and I think what'll be interesting too, and I I would have to look. I don't know if Pop Pop Watson Jr. Or the third, sorry, Pop Watson, the third. I know he's a Whipple guy, Massachusetts East Coast guy, right? If he still mm-hmm. comes, and I don't know if he's an early, I don't know if he's an early enrollee, but I mean, that's that's telling to me if he still comes. That means that this staff values him and, and wants him, which could be, you know, which is wouldn't be a bad thing either. Um, I'm and nothing against him. I'm I'm pretty sure he's on the way out. Anyways, it sounded like he yeah. was on the verge of flipping to Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But you you're you're absolutely right. I I think you got to try and keep Torres. I think you know it, T- Torres not at a hundred percent was touted as having the biggest arm in the room to start this season. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't see a world where Casey comes back just because he's so old. Um, so old. He, he's going to be, what, 25, something like that. Um, <laughs> Chubba Purdy yeah. has made I just it don't, I... pretty obvious that he doesn't want to be here. So keep keep the three guys that do. Yeah. Well, and and is it is it so bad? I mean, you know what you have in – Casey Thompson, that's, you know, you know that already. It all, it obviously all hinges on what that offensive line looks like, but a fresh perspective, some new ideas, you know, there was no creative creativity in the run game whatsoever. The last three years, I don't care what anybody says last three years, if not longer, there was no creativity in the run game. But if you can, if you could find a quarterback that was, has a little bit of running ability to mix it up, keep out off defenses, you know, honest, can can throw accurately, yeah. some stuff like that. I mean, it, it it improves your chances a lot um, because there's some there's some guys, you know, the receiving the receiving room. Yes, you're losing Trey Palmer to the NFL, but there's some other guys. Um, the transfer portal wide receiver is going to be one of those positions where, you know, if they all don't go to USC, that some guys could have some some opportunities at different schools. So I don't know. I uh, I am looking forward to the press conference tomorrow. I'm looking forward to kind of the coaching staff falling falling in place. Here's here's the other part of it. We're not going to get a bunch of non answers, right? if he doesn't know the answer in terms of we haven't made the decision that he's going to tell us, right. I don't, I just, I think he's, again, it comes down to it. He's a professional. He's, he, he's experienced. He doesn't need, he's not, you know, he doesn't know a lot of these, you know, there might be a few media members that he's, he's, you know, yeah. had run-ins in the past with stuff like that, but there's, he, he's got nothing to prove in that regard. And these guys aren't out the whole idea about to get him on and on and on. I just, I think it's going to be a good press conference. He's going to sell, not that he has to, but I think he's going to sell the fan base on what he wants his teams to look like. Um, Yeah. I don't know how many, I mean, over under tomorrow, just on my timeline alone of 30 
I'll set the over under at 30 and a half um, gifs of, you know, Kool-Aid guys or people just running through walls during the press conference, right? That's what, about just the, a, what about the Nebraska boner? What about the Husker erection? <laughs> what is that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time stamp that. It's going to be like one one thirty one in the afternoon. That's going to be, it's going to, it's going to rise to the occasion at one thirty one a minute yeah. into his press conference. It's going to be trending. It's going to be trending yeah. permanently. Um, but I think it's going to yeah, get, no. it's going to, it's going to get run on ESPN, right? It's going to get run on Fox sports. It's going to get run on. That's where I think there's something here um, that could, I, I, I don't know, man. I, here we go again. We're, we're, we're two days out of the, out of the season and we're drinking the Kool-Aid again, but why not? Right. It goes back to that. Why not be excited? Um, but I, well, like, I'm like I you, said, dude, it, you got to live this way. Otherwise you're miserable and nobody likes to be miserable. Um, but going back to the press conference thing and winning it, you know, what won me over, it wasn't his appearance on game day. The box yesterday. of chocolates I sent you. No, no, that didn't win me over. Sorry, sweetie. Was that just uh, was that just creepy? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> the, the love note was a little much. <laughs> um, no, but I saw I saw him on I saw him on on another football show on Wednesday morning, the day before Thanksgiving, and he was talking about how his next coaching job could come as early as Monday or two years from now. Um, and he was talking about how he really wanted to not force his family to move again. His son was a senior. He's on the golf team, on the basketball team. And his son was telling him, but you need to be coaching because your passion is coaching. And listening to how he talks about working with the young men in football mm-hmm. and in developing them, as somebody who who's coached before and you coach as well, like that's really why we do it. I mean, obviously we want to win, but it is a hundred percent being a positive influence on these kids' lives. And that that's where he won me over. Um, well, and that's because and you, could that tell, you could tell it wasn't fluff. And that's my yeah. thing. Like when people talk like that, I, you could smell the bullshit a mile away. I watched the, uh, somebody posted it again. I appreciate all the, 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 the links that people will go to in, in sharing knowledge. Um, he was wearing, he was at Baylor and I think they were playing Oklahoma maybe. And he was wearing a Baylor track suit and whatever, but he was just, that's a big part of what he was talking about. It's just the, the family, right? The Baylor family. Um, the, the reason he does it, that whole, that whole thing. But Eventually, if you're doing things for the right reasons, the rewards are going to come. And in this instance, those rewards are going to be the wins. But when you started talking, what popped into my mind, though, is you described you described to a T, just take out Matt Rule and put in Mickey Joseph, right? For the players, family first. I can be a second father. I can be a brother. I can be an uncle. I can be your friend, but I can also kick you in the ass when you need it. But that's what all mm-hmm. four of those people do. Um, and so if, if that part of it, if they can line up that way and philosophically, and then he values what, what Joseph can do with his receivers in that, in that room. And as a recruiter, whatever level he is on the staff, 
I say go for it, man. Why wouldn't you? That would I don't know. I I could see that. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully he can flip a couple of these in-state kids that are looking elsewhere and a couple of other people that, you know, we went down to the wire on and committed elsewhere. Nobody signed anything yet. Hopefully we can get some flips back and uh, start this thing off right. You know, another advantage he has today that he didn't have when he took over at Baylor is he has the transfer portal and he has the NIL collectives here in Lincoln. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that it won't, but it, it's very possible that this thing could be turned around by the end of year one and headed in the right direction year two, possibly. Um, it might not take year three and four to, to get back to where we need to be. He has put, he and his staff at different stops, Temple included, put more guys in the NFL from Baylor, from Temple, that were two and three stars than Nebraska has in the last 20 years. Right. I mean, you look at some of those things, he's going to develop, he's going to develop these kids. He's going to have coaches on his staff that are going to develop these kids. I think you, you have a legitimate, you know, you add what you just said, NIL um, transfer portal, $160 million plus facilities. And knowing that you might get developed, you're going to be developed. And if you just put the work into it and on and on and on, you're going to have a shot. Give me, but again, what you've described as alignment and Zach's described them too. Give me a bunch of hardworking three-star guys that know how to block and let them block, right? Some road graders, some stuff like that. That's what it's, that's what it's going to take. If there's, a, if there's a diametric shift in the offensive line and the defensive line, that gives you, let's just say, plus two next year. And you potentially going bowling, right? Um, I don't know. I, it's it's interesting. That is for sure. For sure. Well, so now I'm going to stay up. I'm not going tonight. to sleep. I'm yeah. I'm staying up. I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going to research and uh, just stay up through the press conference. Hey, that's what I like to hear. That that's why you're <laughs> the research department. But I'm also old, so I might fall asleep in my cream corn. You sons of bitches! I heard. I heard what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Best right, line buddy, on the let's... radio, Eric. Can yeah, go... it is. Yeah, it is. Can... Man. <laughs> All right, man. You have a good night. Uh, we'll we'll talk soon. All right, later. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go big. Red.